You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at Patreon dot com slash thunderquack just like our patreon producers brian mirowski and jj samuel or you can wait and get it late every friday on podcast services across the galaxy i am one of your hosts michael cohen and i'm your other host amanda conkin uh and uh man uh it's late let's just full disclosure <laughs> yeah it's late it's already 9 45 and we're just starting the main part of the episode I, I, that doesn't mean that we didn't start relatively on time. I think we started at about 845. We uh, did. I just had, I had random things to talk about. Very rarely do I have things to talk to Mike about that we do not record. But every once in a while, I remember that Mike is my friend and somebody yeah. I podcast with. And every now and then I'm like, hey, Mike, let's just be friends for 15 minutes. Yeah, we <laughs> have a, we have a relationship outside of <laughs> what you guys hear on the microphones. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it's weird. It's 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 different. It's different, I think, right now because everything is virtual. Yeah. Right? Because it's yeah. remote. I think it's much easier in person because like the normal routine when you were coming to the house to do to do uh arrow was like to do quiver was like come in and usually I'm either finishing making dinner, depending on how quickly you get here, or uh, or I'm just finishing eating dinner um or tidying up or something like that and you come in and you make your tea and you know we i get everything set up and and while that happens we have just regular chit-chat. people conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah just human conversation <laughs> yeah. uh, uh regular human interaction not for public consumption um and that's usually you know when we badmouth people that we're mutual acquaintances <laughs> with and um and i complain about uh, about crystal which i've been i've been barred from a specific subject that i wanted to bring up on the podcast but i've been told that i can't um okay but but i'm a little bit annoyed by it uh, it's just a stupid household thing it's not like anything serious it's just like a um I love but it. uh i yeah like but we don't get to do that because you're not you're not here yeah. you're not at the house um so it's good, but so, I mean, the consequence is that we're coming to you a little bit more tired, yeah, but a little bit more friendly, maybe is the is the is the trade off. Kind of, kind of linking into our our pre roll conversation about <laughs> alcohol and uh, and and potentially doing a a drunk drunk podcast at some point. But hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say any more than that because if you want to hear the uncut version, you gotta go over to Patreon.com. Slash Thunderquack. And uh, what is that? 10 bucks to get the uncut? That's, I mean, that's for the hardcore. I just trust I just trust that you have a system and I am part of it. <laughs> you don't know anything about it. I don't it. know anything yeah. about it. <laughs> I, 
Amanda Amanda does not know how the sausage is made, despite being one of the ingredients in the sausage. Yeah. Uh, but that's, uh, I just show you up. know what? I think that's probably true of all of the ingredients in the sausage. I mean, that uh, is fair. I will say I, at one point, did know how to do my own stuff. Because remember when I was last summer, you know, delusions of grandeur and wanting to podcast, I figured out yeah. that whole Spreaker system. And now we don't do that anymore. So I really, yeah. I don't know how to even... We like abandoned begin. Spreaker. We, we kicked it to the curb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, fun, uh, fun, fun sorry, thing. You asked me if I had things to talk about on the podcast, and I don't. Yeah. But one of the things I do just want to say is shout out to the Mighty Ducks, because I did randomly watch the Mighty Ducks this weekend, because I was on, <laughs> uh, I was on my Disney Plus, and we had finished watching WandaVision, and I was like, well, what else could I just like put on in the background? And I was like, man. I haven't seen me a little Joshua Jackson in a real long time. So I watched, I can't not watch that without saying like, Amelia, at least twice. So <laughs> anyways, that was, that was my like fun weekend. Um, Disney kick was somebody. And now I want to watch Mighty Ducks too. Cause I will say D2 Mighty Ducks is like, is like the, the superior film. I like this. Uh, you know, like, uh, oh. Not to get too into it, because we will have lots Sorry. and lots of Mighty Ducks conversations when uh, when the, the Disney Plus series happens. Um, we'll be talking about Mighty Ducks a lot, I'm sure. But, I, yes, D2 does a lot of things better, but the Mighty Ducks is a much more pure film. Oh, oh yeah. D2 is a lot of product placement, and then a story built around that product placement. Um, the mighty ducks, you could, you could be forgiven if you forget that that's a Disney movie, right? Cause it's just a sports movie and it's just like, it's got a good, it's got a solid heart. It has very, very clear moral lessons in it with D2. It's a little more like it's very (laughs) nineties. Like it goes, it goes like, like the only thing that, this is going to sound bad, but I but I hope that people understand the, the direction that I'm coming from. Uh, the only thing that could have made D2 more 90s is if one of the hockey players that they pick up along the way was in a wheelchair. Like that that would that would have been the only thing to make it more 90s cuz it's definitely from that era in the 90s where everything was about um I like shoehorning in diversity and representation because it was such a new concept. Right. So it's like the nuance of it hadn't quite happened yet. Like, right. Like now we're in a place where representation and diversity happens in a much more natural, like you, you, like when it's done well, I mean, we still get the shoehorned in awful (laughs) representation that actually ends up doing more damage than good. But, but a lot, a lot of the time nowadays we, we get, good representation which is organic and done out of sincerity and with people involved who actually have that perspective and all yeah, that sort of thing the story and all that yeah kind of but it but in the in the in the early to mid 90s um there was a lot of like okay so we're putting together these characters for this show or this movie got to make sure you got a black one a brown one an asian one uh and somebody's got to have a disability of some kind um, and it can be, you can combine one of those ethnicities with a disability, but usually we want the person with a disability to just be white because we don't want to overwhelm the audience. Like everything was kind of like focus tested to death like that. And 
D2 has that problem of like, well, now it's not just the Mighty Ducks. You guys are Team America. So you have to, uh, Team USA. Uh, so you have to represent all of the USA. So we're going to bring in all of these these different people from different cultural backgrounds. And that's going to be the the conflict on the team because because the ducks are obviously the ducks fly together at that point right i so. don't i actually don't remember this from us so maybe i should rewatch. you don't okay well i mean like watch d2 because no yeah clearly I'm, you're I'm, not as hardcore of a mighty I'm, ducks fan I as i am say, but i'm not um, I all, maybe i also just wasn't triggered by the same kinds of <laughs> I would, I, dilemmas that you seem to have I'm not saying I, I don't know that I'm like triggered by it but I'm just <laughs> saying like if you like if we're gonna compare the two movies the Mighty Ducks is like a very like it's a like 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 somebody sat down and wrote that screenplay with the purpose of telling that story with D2 somebody sat down to write that screenplay with the purpose of 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 hitting some check marks and diversity was one oh, of those check marks. I get what you um, mean. Okay. Rollerblades and neon was one of those check marks. I uh, <laughs> right, like, like I, uh, I, uh, and 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 product placement for Wheaties and Bauer and Nike and all of that stuff was a very very big. I think those were individual check marks on that one. Um, I remember the Wheaties box thing is such a big deal in that movie that like that's how I like as a kid learned like, you know, when you win the Olympics, you end up on the Wheaties box or whatever. Oh, um, yeah, okay. So yeah, like it's just a, I think like, it, cause it's funny. Cause then you get to, to D three where I, uh, they ran out of ideas. <laughs> They're I like, don't oh, remember D three very well. We got to make another one, but these kids are getting too old and we don't want to reboot it with a new group of kids. So I guess they're going to go, are they going to go to college? I don't remember if they go to college or if they just go to like a fancy high school, like a, like a boarding school type high school that has like a, oh yeah, it has become like a sports team or whatever. And then they have to go to, well, it's like, it's the, there's like the varsity and the junior varsity. And I think the ducks become the junior varsity team and they're not the ducks anymore for the second time. Like there's a lot of like recycled ideas in D3. Um, but it's, but Emilio is not in that one. Um, and that's the one where like, oh. like Joshua Jackson becomes the lead lead. Right. Um, okay. Cause I was, no, it says Emilio Esvev is in it. All in right, D3. He's... I, he's in it, but I, he's not the coach. He's not like the main guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All um, right. Good. To, but yeah. Okay. That, I mean, it makes sense. Cause he was like grown up enough that it, they could actually make it a show about, about the kids yeah. rather than a show about Gordon Bombay falling for a hot mom yeah. or a nineties mom. I will say, you know, hot. She's a, she she a hot mom. Right. Yeah, she's, I guess so. I, she's still hot by today's standards. There you go. I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm a nineties kid, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but the, but in its entirety, the mighty ducks is a fantastic franchise. And when I say in its entirety, I also include the animated series, which has nothing to do with the mighty ducks. Uh, it's just hockey ducks. team it's just ducks that play hockey and are literally it's literally about alien space ducks that come <laughs> to earth and end up playing for the anaheim mighty ducks they they yeah. they are the anaheim mighty ducks in that universe Absolutely. um and uh that cartoon's awesome 
it's an awesome cartoon it's fantastic and that was that cartoon exists solely to sell duck masks on jerseys that's <laughs> that was why they made that show um but but like a lot of things from that era somebody took advantage of that to just do a, an awesome genre show um uh, and uh there and so are worse it's, things there are worse things yeah so Okay. There are a lot of shows like that that are like that are like just these like very corporate like and now we got to make an animated series because if we're going to sell cereal and action figures, we got to have a cartoon. Uh, and so they hire somebody and that person goes, I don't care what this property is. This is the story that I'm telling. I will say <laughs> that this is like what makes animation hard is that there's some people that take the opposite bent and they just have such a harder time. You know how much harder it is to create like animation stories first from story and then get the properties? Whereas all this stuff just gets made because they're like, well, we have a toy. We might as well make a property to go along with it. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Oh, you just, you just hit the nail. I'm very, there's like a whole world. Of like, Did I? <laughs> you just hit that. You hit a sore spot. We'll, we'll move past we, that quickly we'll, let's just move past it <laughs> i i let's talk about let's talk about all these movies that have gotten shifted release dates um i guess it was i uh, i i columbia i don't I, I don't know what studio it is who does the 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 bond movies i used to be mgm oh. but mgm's owned by somebody else now is it I sony have no idea i guess because sony owns Columbia TriStar, which is responsible for Ghostbusters, which is one of the things that got announced. I mean, I so, am on IMDb right now because I was looking up Little Joshua Jackson, so I could look here. Um, in any case, like I, a handful of movies got announcements this past week that uh, that they're getting their release dates pushed yet again. So, uh, No Time to Die. And uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife are caught in that. I could care less about a James Bond movie. I really don't like the Daniel Craig James Bond stuff. Um, I just find them. I just find them really long and boring. Um, But I, I, but look, I'm a, I'm a Connery purist, and and it's. Some people might be saying like, you think that the Daniel Craig movies are long and boring compared uh, like am i comparing that to the sean connery stuff no i'm not mm-hmm. but i think that by today's standard of filmmaking i find the daniel craig stuff to be kind of like they're kind of meandering and like they i don't they, they just don't feel like they really have like a an actual identity to me like they just feel confused whenever i watch one um like they don't know if they want to be classic james bond or if they want to be pierce brosnan gadget james bond or if they (laughs) want to be something completely else with parkour and extreme whatever right um and it's uh, to me that i just find it like i just find it tiresome to to watch the movies so i could care less um i will say a a sean connery james bond is a long boring movie (laughs) but it's sean connery so as problematic a human being as he was, he is a delight to watch on screen. Um, so I don't know. It's what he's one of those actors where like he could read the phone book, right? It's like league of extraordinary gentlemen is a great example of a movie that a lot of people will tell you is a bad movie that I absolutely love because you've got Sean Connery 
you've got I uh, 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 think Amy Smart is in it. It was uh, another actor that like I think Amy Smart gets a lot of gets a lot of flack. Um, I'm gonna look up League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, so I that did I can, like uh, I did like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Kind of is it? It's not Amy thing. Smart. It's Peta Wilson. <laughs> what? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> totally different actor. Uh, both blondes. Uh, that's fine. I I uh, who else was in this? Shane West is in uh, uh, League yeah, of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, Shane and, West. Yes. Uh, yes, please. Right. Like, <laughs> like I'll I'll take some Shane West. Like, where'd he go? What's he up to? I mean, speaking um, of deep deep cut nineties, Shane West, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I like. And and then the production design on that movie is so fantastic. But. I but anyways, James Bond got delayed. It's I think this is his last one. This is Daniel Craig's last James Bond movie. I think so. Um, yeah. And then he's out, and they'll and they'll replace him with somebody else. I. Uh, but more importantly, Ghostbusters has been delayed yet again. Um, it was supposed to come out last March or April. I think maybe April of last year. It got pushed to the summer and then obviously that didn't happen (laughs) so it got pushed indefinitely at one point where they were like it's not coming out on that release date but we don't have a new one for you and then it got pushed to this march uh and then most recently i think now it's been pushed to november and i don't have the exact date because i don't care to know (laughs) the exact dates on these i'll worry about it when we get there Right. Like it's uh, I, I think part of that is me just not wanting to get my hopes up. Obviously, I want to see a new Ghostbusters movie so bad. Um, <laughs> this movie's been done forever. I, they should just release it digitally, but whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so a bunch of this stuff's been pushed. A bunch of other things haven't been pushed yet, but I expect to get announcements very soon. And one of those things that I'm very, very, very worried about, if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen me cry about it a couple of times, is uh, is is Fast 9, Furious 9. I don't know what which of the two words <laughs> they're going with. Because they just market it as F9, um, which is just one of the things on my keyboard. Uh, <laughs> it's just a tech movie. They're totally like playing the yeah. game. <laughs> I... I Every once in a while, I'll be doing something, and I'll just remember that the trailer revealed to us that Han is coming back in Fast 9. Let's just assume it's Fast 9, because I'm not going to say F9. I And I cry a little bit. Just a little tight. Like a Aww. single, very manly tear that's actually... It's not even... It's not even water and and it's not like saline like a regular tear, right? It's actually motor oil <laughs> because it is a because it is a single tear for Fast and the Furious. Oh yeah, um, I love it. It's uh, the patron saint patron saint Vin uh, uh, bestows that that uh, that gift on us, uh, and uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just be like super bummed for like a solid fifteen minutes while I think about the fact that he should have been back by now i and like the fact that he was taken from us at all is such a tragedy um in and of itself 
Now the real the one of the real big issues is that is that you know uh, Gal Gadot is also dead in that in that world, because um, they kind of had a thing going right. So I uh, but I uh, wait what what world are you talking about? What in in Fast and the Furious. Gal Gadot is in a Fast and the Furious movie. Oh my god! I thought you liked these movies. I, I thought did. you were a fan. Which I'm one talking is she on. In? I'm. I am not even talking high level. No, I know. Family Which one is she fandom. In? She's in like three of them. Oh. <laughs> She's in a bunch of them. Fast and the Furious is why people knew who Gal Gadot was when she got cast as Wonder Woman. Really? Yeah. Huh. I uh, let me let me. Movies. Let me look it up, and I, if if I if I could reliably predict oh, it's six. when it's Fast and the Furious six, she is she is in Fast and Furious, oh, which is Fast the fourth five. one. She really? is in Fast oh. Five. She is in Fast and Furious six, and she is in Furious Seven. Wow! Wow! She's like so, a big she's a big you know, part of Fast and the Furious. A massive part of Fast <laughs> and the Furious. I love it so much. Because she's part of the, she's part of the, the, cause Fast and Furious, I think is the one where we go, is that the one where we go back in time? Thought, or is that, no, that's, no, that's just no, the that's one with not. Jordana Brewster again though, isn't it? Fast and yeah. Furious? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Jordana Brewster's in all of them, but. Not uh, all, of, all of them, but like it was sort of like. A, yes, she is. What? Jordana Brewster is in every single Fast and Furious She's movie. Not in Fast and Furious 2, isn't she? Like the, the one that, or Tokyo, sorry, thir- the third one. Is she in Tokyo Drift? Oh yeah, maybe Tokyo she's not Drift. in Tokyo Drift. <laughs> you're you're probably right. She's not in Tokyo Drift. We don't. Tokyo Drift doesn't count towards anything, though. Okay. Well. <laughs> All right. FFTD is is uh, direct to. It was supposed to be a direct to DVD. It wasn't even supposed to be in the theaters. Um, it, the only reason that it came out in the theaters is because they managed to get Vin for thirty seconds at the end of the movie. Um, which is why he did it, I think, was so that it so that they would release it in the theater. Is Fast like, and I think Furious, that he made a deal. Which is Fast and Furious the one where they have to drive underneath the border? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes, that's yeah, because that's four. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that I is where she's introduced as a that. bad guy. It, okay, I guess I just she, don't. I just don't remember her. She's one of the bad guys in that one. I think. I think she works for. No, the it's like guy. she's definitely in it. I'm seeing it right now, but I'm kind of yeah. like. No, I'm just trying to remember her role in Fast and Furious. But then, uh, Fast Five is the one where we go back in time, uh, uh, where the timeline gets really confusing. Because so what happens is, Fast and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, right? Everything's clear. Tokyo Drift happens. Tokyo Drift wasn't supposed to be a success. No one was supposed to care. <laughs> Somehow, against all odds, because Tokyo Drift is an absolute tire fire of a film. The only thing about Tokyo Drift that makes it n- not decanonized is Han Seolo. Uh, Seolo. That's his name. That's he's just called Han in that one, but then they re- reveal later on that his last name is Solo. Yeah. Uh, he's Han Solo, uh, but it's pronounced it's it's sorry it's pronounced Seoul, but like it's written like Seoul, Korea. Uh, he's introduced in Tokyo Drift, and 
I promise you that is the only reason that anybody cares about that movie. I mean, like the drifting is cool too. Like the racing in that movie is pretty good, but uh, that story is awful. And the main character in that one, he's just the absolute worst. But because of that, because of how successful that one was, it brought Vin uh, back to the to the franchise because he's not in Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, so it brought it brought him back to the franchise uh, for Fast and Furious with him and um, um, I, I can only think of his character's name right now, uh, Brian. But what what's the actor's name? Oh, um, oh, oh my uh, God, Paul no. Walker. Paul Walker, because you just said it, and then I like. Yeah, I so it brought it, that brings the two of them back to it. Um, so they make they make the fourth one as like, oh well, let's continue the story of these of the two main characters from the first film, right? Which is this massive jump. I uh, and like when you look at it on, on an actual timeline of years, it's like there's a big distance between Fast and Furious. Sorry, the Fast and the Furious to Fast and Furious. Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. They didn't happen oh, yeah. close together. No, they didn't this intend franchise to make this shouldn't a franchise. Exist. No, it's supposed it was supposed to be one movie, yeah. a second one that they thought that they could get a little longevity out of and, and then die with the third And to be one. super clear, The Fast and the Furious is actually technically a remake. There's a movie from the 60s called The Fast and the Furious. Oh, no way. That it's loosely inspired by. Huh. Um that that I keep waiting for them to somehow work into i uh, the 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 canon so that yeah, like it can it be part of it but anyways so that happens and fast and furious is a massive hit because at that point like vin diesel has gone from being in fast and the fast and the furious and then being a bit of a he's a bit of a diva let's let's all be honest yeah. he's a bit of a diva he's tough to work with but then he does i uh, then he does i uh, um pitch black no i thought he did which, pitch black first pitch black was first was that before Fast and Furious? But but Triple X came after, and I think Triple X like, comes after, Triple and X then Chronicles of Riddick happens, yeah. and yeah. then like, and then the Pacifier, which is the movie that got me on the Vin Diesel train, <laughs> uh, which is if if it were any other audience, I would be like, that might sound weird, but I think you guys <laughs> understand. <laughs> we, we, get it. we get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I should hope that everybody knows me well enough by this point to go like, yeah, that makes that tracks actually. Um, cause uh, the, but the way that I got into the pacifier might be, might be interesting for people. The reason why I love that movie so much is because it came out on DVD when I was working at Toys R Us in the electronics department at that point in time called the R zone. And so when you work in the R zone, you are stuck because it's, it's, uh, it used to be like, um, like cordoned off inside the Toys R Us, like almost like a store within a store with the security gates, right? With the What's with the, the R zone? What is the R zone? <clears throat> well, Toys R Us and then R zone just sounds cool and video game-ish. Um Oh, so it's like a it's like a video game section. It's like electronics, right? Oh, okay, so it's all, okay. where all the DVDs and video games and expensive stuff. It's where it's basically where they put all the expensive stuff because then they could put spider wraps on them or put them in the jewel cases with the Got with it. the beep beeps and whatever beep so beeps. that people can't steal them. People will still steal them. Doesn't matter. I there was a TV obviously in the R zone to play uh product on so that you could, you know, get people to make an impulse buy and go, I've seen 30 seconds of this movie. I'm going to purchase it now. Um the pacifier got put on that TV at one point, mm-hmm. and I, I, 
you just kind of end up watching it. <laughs> like you just not even watching it, but just like seeing it in pieces and eventually putting the movie together in your head after having seen 30 second snippets of it uh, over the course of two weeks working a 40 hour week. Uh, and so um, I watched the pacifier. I pr- I've probably seen the pacifier like in total, if you added it all up, probably like 30 times. I, uh, <laughs> And I was like, I hated Vin Diesel up until that point, especially because uh, Crystal had an ex-boyfriend that also worked at the mall. And this was right around the same time that, that we started dating because uh, we met at Toys R Us, obviously. Uh, I, and she had a boyfriend who she described as having looked like Vin Diesel. Oh. Um, he was just a bald guy that that thought that he was working out, but was actually just kind of chunky. Um but wore, you know, like the tight white t-shirt with the, with the silver chain because he thought he looked like Vin Diesel, but he really didn't. Um, and so you can tell I'm a little bitter. Yeah, still. I, like, I was like, well, that's been many years, dude. But I'm also, <laughs> but I'm also describing a specific guy are, and everybody knows who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so like, like I, I think I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder as a result of that. Um, but then I watched the pacifier and I was like, oh, this is kindergarten cop. Like this is just a new kindergarten cop, and uh, and I love that movie. That movie is so good. So then, eventually, when when I discovered that other people were like really into the Fast and the Furious movies after Fast and Furious, right? Like this is sort like nobody cared about them before that, and then Fast and Furious happens, and people start to go, "Oh, these are this movie is actually really cool." And then, uh, uh, Fast Five happens, and Fast Five is where that series turns into superheroes, right? Like. That's where, because that's the one that introduces The Rock, where he goes, uh, he's got the line where he's like, he's he's giving everybody the rundown, right? Because he's the, the whatever, they're not FBI, there's some, there's some other, I think they're like a made up agency or something, but they're like the, like, they're Americans that can arrest people in other countries for some reason, which doesn't make any sense. I just, I cannot help you with anything in this movie. So yeah, you're yeah, yeah, like, fine. they're like the thing, and I'm like, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, but, but I'm just, I'm just giving context. Cause he's given like the whole, like getting off of the plane. Everybody's like, like moving gear around where he's not talking to anyone in particular, but he's kind of talking to everybody at once. And he's like, get like, we got to do this and I need this. And I need, you got to cordon off every chicken house, hen house ball. That's from the fugitive, but whatever. I, uh, and whatever you do, do not let them get in a car and you're just like oh because that's when they have superpowers like if they're not (laughs) not being in a car is vin diesel's kryptonite which for most of us is like well that's 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 how most of us like most of us don't spend all of our time in a car but but dominic toretto like don't let him get in a car because if he gets in a car all bets are off right um and then, and then in the next movie, they take that a step further. I, I, when, <laughs> good God, I, he's fighting, he's fighting. Who's he fighting? I, it's one of the, one of the main bad guys. Um, is he fighting? Is he fight? Is he fighting? What's his face? I, 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 Shaw? Hobbs? Oh, which oh. one? In, in Fast and Furious 6. That's not is the one with Jason Luke Statham, Evans? right? Luke is in which one? I, yes. Is that the one? Luke Evans is in it. 
is that the one that introduces it? that? Yeah. So he, maybe he's fighting him. Maybe it's in the next one. Maybe it's in Furious Seven. Uh, who's the bad guy in Furious Seven? Is Deckard Shaw? So maybe it's in Seven. I think maybe it's in Seven, where he they're fighting on top of the parking garage, and it's like kind of crumbling because they've crashed a helicopter into it or whatever. I think I can't remember, but explosions <laughs> have happened. Um, but there's like a crack in the in the parking garage, and they're fighting on the roof of it, and Vin Diesel. I hope that I'm not spoiling this for anybody, but I if it I, if this is the thing that gets you to watch these movies when you've been on the fence, then then so be it. Yeah. He looks at the crack at his feet. There's just like this little crack at his feet, and he looks at the bad guy, which I think it's Shaw. Whatever, it's one of the Shaws, <laughs> and he lifts his foot in the air and he brings it down as if he's the GD Incredible Hulk, <laughs> and that crack grows and heads right for the bad guy and the building crumbles in front of him and that's the moment where you go oh he does have superpowers he is a superhero he is stronger than an average human being in the same way that like all of the x-men like like yeah okay cyclops's main power is that he shoots optic blasts but he's also like way stronger than a regular person right like like he does things that's like uh that's like a 10 foot vertical leap like that doesn't make any sense but whatever we're gonna let it go because it's x-men um so we're like playing with those rules with fast and the furious in any case i love those movies i really want to see fast nine i really really want to see it because it brings han back but i was talking about the timeline thing where i think it's four it doesn't matter when it is in the timeline. Like it doesn't matter if it happens before or after Tokyo drift, but in five, they bring Han back, even though he dies at the end of Tokyo drift because (laughs) they didn't think they were ever going to make any more fast and furious movies. They were like, this is the last one guys. Like we're done. (laughs) They're never going to let us do this again. I, I, but so they, they bring him back in five. Um, and the way that they do that is that they they kind of like explain that in the timeline four, five, and then I think six all happen before Tokyo Drift. And I think it's at the oh. end of six. I think it's at the end of six that Han goes like, hey, I got to go. I got I, I have something to take care of, like because they get their big score at the end of six. And it's like he's it, like, I, I got I got responsibilities I got to go take care of. Like I've been avoiding this for too long. And so that's like his out to like go back. And the greatest thing about it is that they never explained this with like, uh, those happened before Tokyo drift as in like Tokyo drift happened in whatever year that was. And then these movies happened before it. And like, we thought about that. And so like, they don't have smartphones or whatever. no, the explanation in universe is that Tokyo drift happens after that movie after I think it's six, Uh, but that it happens in the time, like six still happens in time around the same time that, that six came out in movie theaters. So in Tokyo drift in Japan in the year or two after that, after fast and furious after yeah, fast and furious six, the names of these movies are so confusing. And numbers. Everybody's got flip phones because Tokyo Drift came out before right, smartphones. <laughs> I 
and normally it's like whatever we can just uh, we can just ignore this except that cell phones are a major plot point in that movie because <laughs> the reason why everybody's able to watch the drift king competition is that it's being broadcast to their mobile phones <laughs> so there's major sequences of this movie where everybody's watching their this this race happen on their little tiny like Motorola and Nokia phones with their little like like one inch screens and it's like a major plot point anyways these movies are dumb you really don't have to worry <laughs> about great, it that they're much they're great dumb fun though I, I yeah know. at a certain point yeah. they there's there's a sub like and they drive <laughs> a tank and it's not like they drive a tank like it's a normal thing like ludicrous is like we now we got a tank and it's it's everything of when the guy's name is ludicrous, but the thing that he says is even more ludicrous than the fact that his name is ludicrous. I don't even know how ludicrous. you deal with that. How do you deal with that? Right. Don't even know. I love these movies so much, Amanda. I love them <laughs> so much. And well, Han really is my favorite that... character in the whole thing. I hope and that you get a nice birthday present and it stays around. It was literally supposed to come out on my birthday last I know. year. I know. Literally on my birthday. This year, it is supposed to come out on May 28th. Which is not exactly on my birthday, but it's close enough close. that I count it. It counts yeah. as a birthday present. Yeah, it does. Because it's four days later. I think they should do that for you. I think they should they should give it to you. I, for your here's birthday. the thing. You don't have to release it to everybody. Okay? <laughs> Just you. Universal? I think it's Universal <laughs> that makes them. Yeah, I think so. Just let me watch this movie for my birthday. Please? <laughs> Please. I will kick everybody else out of the house. In fact, I prefer to watch it that way. <laughs> Like I will make Crystal go sleep at her mom's with the girls. Like this, don't get me anything for my birthday. This is my birthday present. Universal is gonna let me watch the Return of Han Solo. Like, I like everybody leave me alone. Everybody be really quiet. Everybody just back off for however three hours because I'm gonna need some time to prep, and I'm gonna need some time to decompress afterwards. There you go. I mean, it's fair. You got a whole plan. I'm excited I, for I you. I need this movie so bad. You would think that Ghostbusters would be the one for me that I'm like, come on. Because Ghostbusters is so like, like foundational to, to who I am as a geek. Because um, it's like, it's Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. Like those are the two, the two, those are the first two pillars of who I am as a human being. Um, so much of who I choose to be is informed by Peter Bankman. Like it's not even funny. It's yeah. kind of, it's kind of sad. It's actually probably something that I should talk to a therapist about. He's not a good role model. He's not the type of person you want to be. In any case, I, I yeah, these this Fast and the Furious thing is just a real problem for me. And if it gets look, if it gets pushed to November or December, that's fine. It can be a Christmas present. It can come out in December, Christmas Day. Like that's cool. I'll go. I'll, I'll go see it on on. I don't know, like the day after Boxing Day. I uh, I can live with that. But I, but I, but like I need, I need this movie. I need it so bad. I need it so, so bad. But, uh, but if, if, if all these other movies keep getting delayed, it's not really that big of a deal. Cause, um, I, at least I, I Warner brothers and legendary <laughs> have got me covered with, uh, with <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong. Cause that's going to get a digital release. I mean, like I have to imagine, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't actually looked into it because we always got to like research it. And are we going to get the same thing in Canada sort of thing? But um, I think after what happened with Wonder Woman, that they're 
hopefully smart enough to know like hey yeah give this a we're basically you, domestic we're basically domestic yeah box yeah office. like give like, give, give it a release window in canada as well on digital because because uh, because people will definitely grab it um the tra- they just dropped the trailer and to be perfectly honest i'm a little bit mad about the trailer because oh. it shows them fighting and Aww. i like like you don't have to show me you don't have to show me i like i get it you have to show the general audience like they need to see it in order to know like godzilla and king kong are gonna fight each other in a movie called godzilla versus king kong but i like i didn't need to see it i needed i needed pure hype and not (laughs) i i don't know i needed the i needed the tease and not the strip does that make sense Uh, okay yeah no like like i didn't need to see anything like I, you just just let me leave it to my imagination because I can fill in the gaps, there you go. but like like just get me excited for it. Just like just just give me just give me that amuse bouche of <laughs> I I just needed like the lead up and like a little bit of the context of like why is Godzilla gonna fight King Kong, um, and I but I do like what they're setting up that that Godzilla is rampaging. And they don't understand why, because in his last two movies, he actually saved the world twice. He's been <laughs> like, like, have you watched the mo- those movies? No. And I really, I feel like I want to. But I mean, considering that like Matthew Broderick's Godzilla is one of my favorite movies, I have a hard time moving on to better, bigger and better things. Um, but like, <laughs> I will tell you that these movies are much better than that movie. But I also have a yeah. soft spot for yeah. the Matthew Broderick Godzilla I, from nineteen ninety eight. I'm aware. I'm aware of what what it is. The animated series for that show was fantastic. Oh, I um, did not watch it. It was so good. It was so. It yeah. continued that story. Like literally, you know how you know at the 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 is it at the end of that movie or is it just like sort of at the end with the eggs. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. we see like that there is there's still an egg. Yeah. Um like they left it open for a sequel, right? Mm-hmm. That egg hatches, but uh Matthew Broderick's character I uh, he's the the cartoon series, the animated series opens with him basically saying to the the government, like to the military of like, "No, you don't understand. We have to make sure that there are no more eggs." And they're like, right. "Yeah, there aren't any more eggs. We destroyed all of the ones in in Madison Square Garden." And he's like, "No, but there could have been other nests. There could have, one of them right. could have gotten displaced. We don't know for sure, and we have to make sure. Like, we you need to be sweeping the entire island of Manhattan. You can't let people back in until we know." And they're like, "No, no, we gotta let people back in." And so he <laughs> goes off on his own with his crew of people, and he finds the egg the one egg that's left and it hatches right in front of him and when it hatches right in front of him the 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 baby godzilla that comes out imprints on him um and and it's really important that you understand that this one is a boy godzilla the last one was a girl godzilla but this one is a boy godzilla it's super important for everybody to know and you might think that maybe it was a misogynist reason, but it's actually not. It's important to know that he's male because then we don't have to worry about him breeding, babies. about about yeah. him making more Godzillas. Um, so it's like that. Okay, we know he's he's not going to make more Godzillas, but it's important that he he imprinted on on Matthew Broderick because or animated Matthew Broderick. It's not actually mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick, um, but uh, because now he'll listen to Matthew Broderick. 
And that's important because all around the world, other nuclear testing sites and stuff like that have created other giant monsters that we're now going to have to start dealing with. Nice. And Matthew Broderick and his crew of, of zany companions uh, from the movie, uh, including like, like all of the characters from the movie are back, even though none of them look like the characters from the movie, but whatever. And they all completely change. Like it's, it's, it's a continuation of the story, but like they did a really bad job of maintaining the continuity of it. Either that or they weren't allowed to because of copyright reasons or whatever. Right. But they basically form team Godzilla where like they have all of this equipment where they can like lead Godzilla to go fight these other monsters that pop up in order to protect the world. And then eventually aliens come down and they're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, uh, in, we're going to take over the whole world. And, and Godzilla is like, no, you're not. Cause I'm Godzilla and I'm going to stop you, which is a classic Godzilla storyline. Um, and it gets even better because like all of those other monsters, they, they didn't necessarily all get destroyed. Some of them, just got defeated or turned into another form or whatever. But then like they got to all team up in order to fight the aliens, but the aliens also control some of the monsters. And so it's, there's it's a whole thing. It is a great cartoon series. And if you live in Canada, you're in luck that you can stream the whole thing from the CTV app. Um, it's all, it's all on the CTV app. I, I, did, not, I did not know that. I, so along I'm with excited. a bunch of other, that studio did a bunch of stuff in the late nineties. They did Godzilla. They did extreme ghostbusters. They did the men in black animated series. Um, and a, a couple of other things they all have. They, it's all the same art director. So they all Every series has like a very similar look, like a very similar style, um, which like nineties kids would recognize. Uh, and if they watch those cartoons, they know exactly what I'm talking about. They all kind of have this like chunky, I uh, almost like graffiti ish style to them. Um, and, and they're all on the CTV app. It's awesome. It's so cool. Cause uh, you can hook that into your Apple TV and then, uh, and then just use Apple TV to, to like the Apple TV app on your smart TV or whatever to just watch that stuff. So you don't have to like use the clunky garbage CTV app to, to do it with that doesn't, <laughs> That doesn't pay attention to like what your last episode was or whatever like that stuff, but you can just use Apple TV to do it. Um, that's th- th- that was two free ads for two apps that we should be sponsored by those things. Um, <laughs> but whatever. I uh, so yeah, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. He's like he's he's rampaging for some reason we don't know why. Uh, but in the previous movies, he was like the thing that was stopping the rampaging monsters. So it's like like this is like an upset within this universe. And the solution is going to be that, like, well, we can control Kong because there's this girl that can communicate with Kong. We don't call him King Kong in this universe, by the way. He's just Kong. Really? Um, well, I don't think I knew that. And, uh, and so this girl is going to help us get Kong to fight Godzilla to stop Godzilla. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're going to learn by the end of this movie that Godzilla is actually trying to protect the world from something else oh. and Kong and Godzilla, they're going to team up. Yeah. They're going to team up to fight uh, something else and it's going to be good. Uh, and yeah. to be perfectly honest, I have no idea what monster it's going to be because they have used, they used so many of them in King of the Monsters 
that it's like, well, it's not going to be Rodan. It's not going to be Mothra. It's not going to be uh, King Ghidorah because they're, they were all in King of the Monsters. Um, so yeah, it's going to be one of the, it's going to be one of the lesser known weird Godzilla monsters, I think. And I think it will be the one that sets up the aliens. I think, I think that'll be, I think the end of Godzilla versus Kong is going to be the setup for Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. But, uh, I, I, yeah, that's no, I my speculation that. as of right now. We'll see how it goes. Cause that's what everybody wants. That's what every people are like. Oh, everybody wants to see King Kong versus Godzilla. No, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> we'll watch it, and it's going to be awesome. That's not what people want to see. What people want to see is Godzilla fight a giant robot Godzilla. That's what everybody actually wants to see. That's fair. So, I mean, yeah, that's fair. I know that's not a controversial Godzilla. statement. What's, what's that's not good, a hot take. That's what's just better than Godzilla. More Godzilla. Yeah. So. Tw- what's yeah. better than Godzilla? I don't know. How about Godzilla that shoots rockets from his fingers? That's what's better than Godzilla. But he's actually not better than Godzilla. He's just the closest that you can get to another Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. Although Godzilla 2000 was literally a movie where Godzilla just fought Godzillas. <laughs> I, because aliens came down and they were like, we're going to take over the Earth. But we can't take over Earth because Godzilla always protects Earth. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually create all of these Godzillas to fight Godzilla. Um, and so they, they, what they basically do is they bring back a bunch of the different designs of Godzilla from over the years. Um, and the whole point of making Godzilla 2000, which was a Japanese made, it was a Toho uh, Godzilla movie, as opposed to the, the American one, which was not made by, it was basically like, so far from an actual Godzilla movie that it's not really <laughs> Godzilla. Um, the The whole point of making that movie was going through all of the Godzillas just to get to the 98 Godzilla, who we just call Zilla because he's not a god. Um, <laughs> there's so much. There's, it's so controversial in the Godzilla community. I, I Just so that Godzilla 2000 could basically one punch the Godzilla from, from the 1998 American Godzilla. He basically just like, like takes him down in one hit. Um, and it's not even a fight. Uh, which I, I, I think it was, I think it was in poor taste personally. Um, Mm. but, uh, but that's not how Japan felt. Japan was very upset by that movie because it didn't really, it didn't really get it. It didn't really understand what a Godzilla movie is supposed to be, but that's another thing. Uh, let's get it. Let's get into the, 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 the main topic that I wanted to, to bring up with you. Cause I want to get, I want to get your opinion on some things. Okay. Um, so I, I recently, I decided that I was going to check out ASMR, which I, I, I should, I should have had the, the definition up. Uh, before Most starting this segment, sounds. but I'm doing it right now. Um, that's what I hear. Like I've heard, I I think the reason I heard of ASMR is because Andrew has a has misophonia, so people talking about like chewing or like sounds, are, and I was like, I don't know what this is, and he's like, Oh man, yeah, there's even people that like, I, like I don't know. I just like he. I feel like that's how I heard about it was him talking yeah. about like the worst thing that could possibly happen to him. Was have yeah, to listen his, to his like, his version of hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, ASMR stands for autonomous 
sensory meridian response. Um, sometimes auto sensory meridian response. Uh, it's a tingly sensation that typically begins on the scalp and moves down the back of the neck and upper spine. Uh, a pleasant form of paresthesia. It has been compared with auditory tactile synesthesia and may overlap with frisson. Um, it's, it's the tinglies. You know, you get the tinglies that, that, that go down your back. I guess. Um, sure. Yeah. That, that's why that's the response that you get, uh, from ASMR. Not everybody gets the same response. So it's like uh, mileage may vary sort of thing. Um, but what it amounts to is, um, it tends to be a lot of very soft, quiet, uh, higher register sounds so a lot of like breathy whispers um i uh crinkling of paper uh touching the microphone which is a thing that you actually like you generally don't want to do i'm not going to replicate any of this stuff because i don't know I was how to just do about it to, i was just about to touch the microphone because i was like oh you can't like say yeah. that and then we not because if you do it wrong uh it's just it's, like it's terrible. just it's actually like really annoying and can sometimes yeah. be painful to the listener um which i find with some of the asmr that i've listened to is like 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 there are there is good and bad at ASMR like anything. Right. I, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I've just, I've had an interesting journey with it. It's probably been over like the last two weeks and I don't even know what really like prompted it. I think I just kind of, it's just something that's like been out there and it's like, I'm like late to the party. I know like there's, there's tons of people that are probably like way into this and know tons of about it. But, um, I think maybe it was just like a stress thing. I was just like, maybe this will just help me like relieve some stress. And, uh, it's just, uh, I mean like it's a, it's a, it's a pleasurable feeling, right? Like that, those, those tingles are like, that's a good feeling. People like that. That's why it exists. So I thought like, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to see if, if it'll work for me. Cause I've never tried it. I, maybe somebody brought it up on a podcast or something. And so it made me like curious about it. So I just went into Google and I just, uh, I just, I literally just, or not into Google, into YouTube. And I just put in ASMR. That was it. And I, and just looked at the results and, and I, and I clicked through a few of these and I, I noticed something similar <laughs> throughout a bunch of them. And I don't want to be judgmental. Like, this is the thing is that I don't, I don't want this to come off as me being like, like, like talking down on it or, um, or saying that this is a bad or negative thing. It's just a very interesting common theme that I've noticed, uh, in it just like, like getting started in this world. And that's that a lot of ASMR although it's fulfilling the obligation of ASMR, like it is like they are, it is doing all of the, the sounds and the, the um, using the tools and, and like these uh, triggers, they call them. Um, they're, they're sort they're following all of the rules to be ASMR, but there's a real uh, common thread of like anything on YouTube, very attractive women 
doing this. Uh, very attractive women that are showing a lot of cleavage. <laughs> um sometimes what i would look at and 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 at at a glance think is like artificially enhanced cleavage uh meaning that they're wearing like like hardcore push-up bras uh and there's a lot of um affirmation like like and and i don't even mean like this isn't even like a coded thing like if you put this in and you look like there's there are so many videos of beautiful women basically saying you're you are a manly man you are good enough you are uh you're confident and strong like and interesting it's so this is this is where i find it really interesting because for me um with the the limited experience that i have with it right now i what they're saying it doesn't have any bearing on it it's 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 irrelevant to me like it's um in fact i've taken to to putting it on while i'm working to help me focus like to basically um this is this is me dealing with my self-diagnosed add right i uh, and and I'm actually finding that it's working really really well for now, which is how it's, this stuff always goes, and it's one of the reasons why I think it's uh, like it's undiagnosed ADHD because one of the things with that is um, a tendency to like dive deep into something for a period of time and then drop it like a bad habit and never go back <laughs> to it. So I think like this ASMR thing is something that I'll probably do for like the next month, and then at some point I'll stop and I won't think about it ever again. Like it'll just be right. gone from my mind. But, but for right now, it's helping me a lot with my productivity. So, um, what I found in testing out like a bunch of different ones and I tried really, really hard. I tried really, really hard to, uh, I be, I'm not like scientific about it, but like not be like a pervy guy about it and just go like, I'm just going to go to the first hot lady that I see and just, and just, you know, hang out there. Um, so like I, I sampled a bunch of different ones, like, and, and none of the guys did anything for me. Their voices just, I think because their voices are too low, Oh, okay. it just didn't work for me. Um, so like the, like some of the sounds and stuff that they would do, like the, there's this one that they do that that's really common where they kind of like, if you, if you kind of rub your fingers together really fast, like kind of flutter your fingers. I don't know if you can hear me doing it. Oh yeah. But it's just kind of it just kind of creates this like soft, almost like butterfly, like you would think of like a butterfly flapping sort of sound Um, that that that's one of the things that's a good trigger for me. But but female voices are are a much better trigger than male voices for me. And especially like 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 the higher register sort of. Um, And so I found this one that is uh, Scottish Murmurs is is her account interesting and i don't want to be judged on this because if you go to her account it's it is all like it's a lot of like uh the like i said like those affirmation ones and stuff like what men want to hear and that sort of thing and uh, to be honest i find those ones to be really really cringy like when i like i listened to one of them and i was just like what men because not me (laughs) like not this guy like like these aren't the things that i'm concerned with um, although she does say some things that are nice to hear that are like things about like, I, I, 
uh, every, and, you know, everybody at work really respects you and, and yeah, <laughs> stuff nice. like that, yeah, where right? I'm like, yeah. who doesn't want to hear that? I, I don't think that these are male things. I think these yeah. are just like human things. Like, like, you know, people really listen when you talk. It's, okay, cool. That's good. Um, but I, I, yeah, like her voice, she, she's Scottish, obviously it's Scottish murmurs, her voice and, and, and her accent, some of the words, the way that she says them are, are good triggers and like literally like i'll put it on and i've got my headphones in and i'm i can hear it but i am not listening i it does not matter to me what she's saying whatsoever it is purely just like the the auditory sensation right um cool but but it is this thing where i'm like obviously i'm not that ashamed of it i'm talking about it on a podcast to hundreds of people at least um i so I, I don't know, either that or I'm just, I just, uh, uh, I don't know, I guess I like, I just enjoy being open and vulnerable like that. But, but it is, it is this weird thing where I am kind of like judging myself and, but then I'm going like, like, but why this is such a common thing. Right. There are yeah, so many, like yeah, it's, really popular. it's, and it's YouTube, which means that like the, the algorithm tells them what is being listened to, what's, what's being viewed. Right. right. And so that informs their decisions and therefore you end up with a lot of like the same type of content. Right. Um, and it just kind of like that. It It's just, it's, it's almost like evolution in that way. It's almost like natural selection of like, you put out the video, the video does well. Well, we'll do more like that. You put out yeah. another video, video doesn't do well. We're not going to do more like that, right? So like you you hone in on this stuff and the community as a whole does this. So you've got this giant sample group. And so it's, it's actually like a very scientific thing. So you can look at a trend like that and go, clearly there is a desire for this. And I think it speaks to a couple of things. It speaks to the fact that that uh, the male ego is inherently fragile because of the way that our society is structured. Um, where guys are just terrified every moment of every day that they are going to be seen as less than a man, right? Like it's just it's just drilled into us from the time that we're like babies honestly that that you have to live up to this to this standard and i i mean obviously the same thing happens for women but i think with women it's a it, it's a it's very much an external standard um and that i but i think for men it's very much like this internal standard of like you don't cry you don't do that like you you're, you're tough and um, you never show weakness and stuff like that, which are all very like mental things, which yeah. is counterintuitive because men are supposed to be physical and not mental, right? Like if we're talking about like like stereotypical harmful gender dynamics and gender roles, right? right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But this idea that they, they, they so many men are clearly seeking out this like affirmation and stuff, and it's like. I'm glad that this exists for, for, for people to, um, to get that, like to, to, to fill that need, especially I think for men that, that aren't in relationships, 
mm-hmm. I I do worry a little bit that it becomes a substitute for a healthy relationship, right? And that's where like where like I I watch these videos, not even watch them. I'm really just listening to them. But it's YouTube, and I don't want to pay for YouTube Premium, so I have to have the video up. Like, I, right? If, yeah. if she did a podcast, I would just listen to the podcast. Um, but I I like I have these videos up, and and like I. I kind of lost my train of thought there. I I don't know how to help you. Oh, no. It. So like, like, like for me, it's like, I'm like, I'm listening to these videos and I'm hearing this stuff and I'm going like, and I'm like doing that like introspection of like, is, do I care what, what she's saying? Like, like, do I? Cause on the surface, I feel like I don't, but maybe subconsciously I do. Right. Cause I think like subconsciously it's like, it's, it would be, like affirmation is affirmation. It's, it's, it's good for anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, again, there's stuff about like being like strong and burly and manly and stuff that I could care less about. Right. Mm-hmm. That, like I think consciously, subconsciously, um, cause I think subconsciously I, I have m- many more feminine traits than, than most <laughs> guys. So I think like I care more about, about, uh, uh, a lot of more of like the, the, the feminine coded stuff than masculine but i but like i do have this thing of like am i getting something from these videos that i'm not necessarily getting because because crystal and i don't get to spend a lot of time together right now because any time that we do have that we're not working there are these two um parasites in our house (laughs) that that take up all of our time and cassie is in like this she's not going to sleep and it's like we just really have not had a lot of one-on-one time um and especially like like throughout covid through the last year it's it's been even harder right so i'm going like is this am i like am i getting into dangerous territory myself with like filling a void of like the conversations that i should be having with my wife where she's telling me that, you know, like, uh, you know, like I'm good at my job and, you know, like, uh, you know, like giving me like those affirmations that your partners yeah, that should be giving human, you if, yeah, if you're in a healthy relationship. Yeah. Um, so I don't, so that just got me on the train of thought of like, of thinking like, like this could be, this could be a damaging thing to a healthy relationship. This could, and it would be even worse if you are not in a healthy relationship or not in a relationship at all because it could become like a substitution for a relationship. And again, I want to be really clear. I'm trying super hard not to be judgy about this. Like, like especially right now with the world, the way that it is, whatever is getting you through is getting you through. And if you're not hurting another person, I don't care. Right. Like if you're not hurting yourself or somebody else, then like, like we're all just trying to manage right now. Um, so, so like you do you and, and like more power to you. Right. Uh, but at, but at the same time, just like thinking on like that sort of larger sociological level of like this, this industry is filling this need very clearly. Um, but is this actually the way that we should be filling that need. Cause sometimes like, cause like social media, I think is, we talked about this a little bit last week is like, kind of fills this need in humans, but I don't, it's not necessarily in a healthy way. And I think we're going to look back on it 
in a hundred years and and go like man those neanderthals banging rocks together like it 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 was not a good thing to do and i wonder if this is a similar thing of like are we creating weird loner uh guys or are we creating like these weird dependent relationships with people that we don't actually know where like like oh, i could see i, I could see where someone with less of a uh, like it's so hard to talk about this without without it coming off as judgmental but like somebody who doesn't have as firm of a grasp on reality as i do um somebody who's not doing the introspection that i'm doing that i'm talking about right now i uh, that is just consuming without right. a thought to the consequence of that consumption um what effect is it having on them and like thinking about about again what we talked about last week with like that sort of like paparazzi type of um like disease almost it's almost because it, it, to me it's almost like a it's almost like a mental illness of like, a, like sorry a paparazzi disease like we were talking about I, like we, we were talking about last week like that need to like know what celebrities are doing and oh like, like these individual like this, women you're talking about like, like that yeah like that like that like that sort of stalker like, type of right of mentality and how like like because that it it there's no way it doesn't play into this. I know like we're, we're sort of skirting like the only fans um, like the sex work, like online sex work conversation as well, which we've been talking for a long time. And I don't think we're going to, we have time to like dig into that. That's a topic that I do want to talk about at some point. Cause it's, cause it's been an interesting thing over the last year to see how that industry has changed so much. But it, it's like, there is a there's a component there of like you see with with cosplayers with uh asm artists as they're called which is the dumbest thing in the world but that's what they're called um well i mean you need to you need to do it's got to have a label yeah yeah, yeah. a certain amount of artistry to figuring out no no i'm not saying that they're not artists it's just like the asm artist like it's the way that it's like a compound word right oh i understand you the the portmanteau of it is guys yeah Yeah, i get it i get what your your issue is now (laughs) yeah it's like a trigger. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, and then, and then, yeah. So like, like I said, like cosplay, uh, the ASMR stuff, the, the, um, and, and I mean like definitely with like, with like online sex work with like only fans and stuff like that. Like, like women who do like naked photo shoots and stuff like that. They, they, they create communities around their content, which is good and fine and great awesome it's the same thing that we do um but the but because of i think the nature of what they're selling they create this almost like fanatical devotion and you see it manifest in things like amazon wishlist right that that you see them like what? like where they they publicly post their amazon wishlist and then their followers buy them stuff and send it to them and oh interesting like on the one hand it's like like i get that because like i have i have met up with podcast listeners in the real world um and hung out with them and i and and gotten i i like physical gifts 
from them and that sort of thing, as well as like, like I, uh, I've had, I've had a podcast listener take me out for dinner, like, like I, uh, and, and now several of them are some of my best friends in the world. So like, I get it. And that's, but that's the, that journey. Let's use Matt Campbell as the example. I'm sure he'll be thrilled to hear this. Uh, he goes from someone who listens to my podcast, right? Writes into the podcast, gets his email read on the podcast. Here's that. I went to Disneyland messages me and says, Hey, I work at Disneyland. Next time you're at Disneyland, let me know. And then I go the next time I'm at Disneyland, I'm like, Hey, I'm coming to Disneyland. We meet up. He, I, uh, I, he got us uh, like special VIP seating for the fireworks one time. Nice. And I, I, <laughs> I, I think I've told the story before, but like when, when, that trip, I think that was 2014 when we went, uh, when Crystal and I went in 2014 and I, I, I'd been messaging with him and I had said to Crystal, like, Hey, so we're going to meet, we're going to meet this guy, Matt. We're we have, we actually met, we met Matt and we met Tim for the first time in person, even though I'd been friends with Tim for a few years at that point, but it was the first time I met him in person. Um, and, I uh, and I was like, man, I hope these guys are like, real human beings like i like i hope that they're not like you know weird uh i like like super fans or something like that they're like they're like they can just be like cool and 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 normal and we can ha- just have a conversation um and thankfully that was the case both tim and matt are awesome but there was like a worry there of like oh no like what what have i gotten myself into <laughs> by like letting this person into our actual life um but Matt showed up with his kid, with Jason, who was like, it was like a year and a half or something like that at, at that point. Um, and uh, maybe he was older than that. Maybe he's like, maybe he's like two. But I, I, it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> he's a he is a normal dude. Um, and the, and then we became friends. That's the journey that so many of these guys, and I'm going to single out men in this conversation who are sending things to let's pick a cosplayer like Jessica Negri, who's one of the biggest ones uh, online. Uh, they, when they send her something to her PO box from her Amazon wish list or whatever, they send fan art or whatnot. Uh, like there is, there is a mentality of like, and then she's going to thank me. And then I'm going to start a conversation with her and then we're going to become friends. And then she's going to fall in love with me. Right. Like, like, I like mean, that... that's how I interact with everybody online. Is that, yeah, that's your, that's your goal. <laughs> obviously, with everyone. obviously. I'm not saying that's online, everybody, <laughs> but I am saying that like that dynamic does exist. That, that is a thing. And those. But, okay. But I'm not, I'm only being like semi facetious. You think that if I ever perfect, per, like perfected the, like or crafted the perfect tweet that I wanted to send to Chris Evans, that I wouldn't fully expect him to want to tweet me back and think that I'm like the best person in the world for coming up with that tweet. I haven't thought of it yet, but come on. Everybody like has like moments where you like think sure, like that, yeah. where you're like this online person will totally fall in love with me randomly through but the I, internet. But I do <laughs> think that the majority of us have that moment. It is fleeting and then it's gone. Well, of I mean, like, yeah. of like, I've yet to find, I've yet to craft the perfect tweet. I wouldn't feel it, like I wouldn't can that be in... neat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, 
like yeah like like i like i have i have a dream that 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 one day i'll be walking down the street and jeff goldblum this will obviously be after the the whole pandemic thing of course of course i uh, once once the panty is over i i i i love that reference that way of referring to it it, it makes all the deaths seem more fun i oh, jeez <laughs> yikes i i uh, I I I had, do have a dream that like I'll like run into Jeff Goldblum in some context and like I will talk to him and whatever I say I'll be so dang charming and he'll be so enamored with me that all of a sudden I'll be friends with Jeff Goldblum. Well, there you go. But I also recognize in reality that that's very unlikely to happen for a myriad reasons. One, the likelihood of running into Jeff Goldblum is very low. Um <laughs> Because I, I, I never go anywhere when I am allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> Unless okay. he's at the Vancouver okay. Aquarium or <laughs> Metro Town, I'm not going to see the guy. Uh, maybe if he goes to the Spaghetti Factory, but I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's one for the Spaghetti Factory. <laughs> Seems like a fancier guy than that. Um, maybe, maybe I'll see him at the Red Robin. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe, he, maybe he likes clucks and fries too. But I and then and then the other part of it is me being charming enough that Jeff Goldblum, one of the most (laughs) fascinating and charming human beings, is like, I've taken a liking to you specifically to the extent that I'm going to go out of my way to form a relationship with you. That's not that's not reality. That is um, that is right up there with one day I'll have my own lightsaber like a real one that cuts through metal. Right. These are cool Uh, things to imagine and dream about. Let's make that technology happen. Um, but they are they are uh, n- very unlikely to happen. There's a chance. There's still a chance, but there it's very unlikely. Um, I'm more likely to get a hoverboard in my lifetime than uh, than a lightsaber. I just know. I just know that like when I'm at the point where I could not possibly stand on a hoverboard, like I like to do so would be detrimental to my health. That's when they'll figure it out. That's when they'll crack. Oh, but okay. In any case, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just like the, this. You discovered whole... this interesting, like, sort of fan nook, and you're and you're having sort of a little bit of a. You wanted to debrief about it a little bit. It's sort of what I'm getting from this ASMR yeah. conversation. I mean, I mean, like, I talked enough that my my throat is now sore. That's I mean. So yeah, um, like I definitely did the majority of the talking on this episode. You did. But uh, I, I don't know. It's exciting to you. So. But I do, I do, I am curious what you think about this and, and sort of like where your perspective is on this, but. Well, cause I've never, I mean, until what, 45 minutes ago, uh, ever yeah. given a thought to ASMR because it's not something that I like particularly understood or was interested in. Um, but like, I understand I, when you first brought it up and you're like, I want to talk about this and I'm like, okay, interesting. I, I'm interested to see where this all goes and now, but you're bringing it back to our conversations about fan culture. And I think that the thing that's really interesting to dissect about that is there's this performative space that online personalities have that can feed a very specific niche that allows individuals to feel like they have a like a really wholesome connection with somebody like or or not wholesome but like um like personal like really personal connection where you're like this is somebody that talks to me every day it's somebody that's a part of my life when really they are as removed from you as 
Scarlett Johansson or any of those other sort of yeah. celebrities or, or people that are providing a different kind of an art, right? Like me connecting with a movie and me connecting with that actor on, on, on the screen is always going to be slightly different than somebody that directly talks to their audience and engages with them. And part of that conversation is to affirm their own personal sense of well-being. It does create this really sort of interesting muddiness in how how audiences are supposed to react to that. And I mean, I'm, I'm being a little bit of a nerd here because I come from that academic background where I'm like, well, what is the purpose of art and how does art get created to specifically like, it doesn't exist in a vacuum, it exists because of the audience. So when you're specifically creating something for an audience, part of what you're always considering is what is the audience going to get out of this and like, why why am I doing it? And so it becomes this sort of interesting, like it, it, it is sort of interesting to dissect in that, in that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if you're, if you're fulfilling a need that is, I mean, really at its core, you're sort of like alluding a bit to incel culture. Right. And without us talking about it, but that there's, there's a certain amount of space on the internet that breeds problematic individuals because yeah. the lack of human connection um, in the in the real world and the lack of uh, you just miss a certain amount of em- empathy and a, a certain amount of, of of relating to individuals in spaces where you know that that give and take of emotion is there and it becomes really insular and you get these moments in your head where you're just being told by somebody that you think is connecting to you but it's one way right that you're that you're great that you deserve this that you're right and what what could that potentially do to you when you go out into the real world and you're like why is everybody around me not affirming my well-being how do I find that and if the only place I can get it is from this one woman or this one person on the internet that tells me that it it, it is going to create a little bit of something different right where that same type of audience is is not fed the same way when it comes to like movie stars right because mm-hmm. movie stars aren't sitting there connect like except for you know there's some with, with like social media presences but I would argue but I would argue like even people that are like famous people on the internet try to create a very specific distance. Like Will Wheaton is a great person. He talks to his fans all the time, but he's always very clear. Like I'm talking at you. Right. And like, let's have a conversation. Like, don't be a jerk. We're all here together, but he's not going to be like, I'm your best buddy and let's message. And right. Like you, you create a certain amount of, of space because you're creating, you're there as a commodity in some ways. Right. Yeah. And I think that the commodification of, um, emotion is, is a unique thing that what I'm getting from your conversation is what ASMR is sort of leaning into, right? Yeah. Like how, how, how do you, how do you separate that then from what it is that is being produced and who is producing it and for what audience? And I think, I think that that is something really unique and interesting. And I'm, I'm, I feel like now again, cause me nerding out, I'm like, I, I'm sure that there is a lot of psychology and papers and, and, and people that are dissecting this kind of culture um, to, to come up to, with better answers than, than anything we could come up on a podcast, but it's, it is worth just being, you know, critical, uh, like through a, through a critical lens, like what is this culture that we're, that we're interacting with in our daily life and, and, yeah. and producing on the internet and, and how, and what is our responsibility as individuals who, who contribute to that culture or to, who are per, like, you know, parallel, parallel with it. So anyways, it's interesting. Thank you for making me think that way. I never really would have otherwise probably dissected it to the same extent. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, like I, you, you, uh, you, 
I didn't I don't I didn't put the word incel to it, but but like just like not even like like subconsciously, I don't think, but like you like I think you nailed it there. Like that is kind of what I was driving at is that that culture is very much being I think fed by that the 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 piece of the connection that I feel a lot of the men in that are indoctrinated into that culture are missing is what they're getting. I imagine they're getting from this affirmation stuff, which is like, like, cause, cause when you hear them talk about the relationships that they want, they, they often are um are actually very like like derisive of of the 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 human connection component of a relationship because they're like oh well i don't want to get friend zoned right yeah and it's like yeah. well actually <laughs> what it is is that you just, like you you should be friends with someone that you're right, in because a you'll get a certain relationship of, with yeah right um yeah. Like it's like that's that's a healthy, important part of a relationship is is that confidant uh, uh, friend part of the relationship. And it, that can exist outside of those relationships as well, outside of a romantic relationship. But it should also be a part of it. They shouldn't be divorced from one another. But I feel like that culture has divorced those two concepts because they think of they think of that in relation to um to their uh let's call them romantic targets because that's the way that they think of them uh they think of that as a weapon like a defense mechanism almost is like well i'm gonna friend zone you this i'm gonna be friends with you because that'll stop you from being a romantic partner and not realizing that actually like most healthy relationships start in a friendly place and then turn into a romantic thing um, as opposed to just being overtly romantic from the beginning uh, and then and then turning into something else down the road. Right. Like right. not just like those exist as well. But I but I think that anecdotally, for me, at least the majority of people that I know that are in long term, happy, healthy, committed relationships, they they knew each other from work or they knew each other from school or like a friend of a friend. And eventually they got together and, you know, that sort of thing. So. It's like, like they're, they're almost like substituting that dynamic with a a very attractive uh, blonde lady from Scotland talking to them in a whisper and saying nice things about them. Right. Which like they should be getting, they should be getting that affirmation if they don't, if they're not getting it in in their personal relationships, they should be getting it from therapy. (laughs) That's where they should be getting it. But I understand the dynamic that like therapy is expensive. It, it costs a lot of money. And if you don't have health insurance, um, yeah. if it's not something that's covered for you, then uh, that's not a reality. It's just not. Uh, and YouTube is free as long as you've got a connection to the Internet. So, you know, like, like, what do you like? Yeah, of course, it's going to be prevalent because it's it is free therapy, but it's not. It's not Actually, healthy like, therapy, I don't yeah, think, yeah. right? Because um, I think if you don't have that ability to step back from it 
and say to yourself, I'm consuming a product. Um, and in a really weird, like, like snake eating its own tail way, if you're on YouTube and you're not paying for that stuff, you are consuming a product as a product. You're right. a, you're a yeah. box of Cheerios eating a Snickers. Like <laughs> it, it, it's really, um, almost like absurd in, in the, in the way that it works, but it is actually a viable economic model. Um, but like, it, like if you're not looking at that as content and understanding and, and creating a layer of separation in your mind, that that is content and you are a consumer of content, then it, and you are looking that as a, as a personal relationship, like what we're talking about, that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. I think that's like, that's my conjecture. I'm not a scientist. I am not, uh, I'm the furthest thing from it. I'm an artist. I, <laughs> all I, all I pedal in is conjecture and speculation. Um, cause I specifically like to draw science fiction stuff. That's ridiculous. I, so I don't know. I'm not an authority by any stretch of the imagination and nobody should take my word as, as authoritative in any way. Um, even if I speak that way, but I, uh, yeah, I don't, it's, it's just, a, it's a really interesting thing that I'm kind of, now that I've dipped my toe into, I shouldn't even say I've dipped my toe into it. Cause I've, I've gotten in pretty deep in the last couple of weeks, but um, deep enough to like see the commonality here and go like something there's something else happening here that is beyond an autonomous sensory meridian response because that's all i was after i'll tell you exactly what sensation i'm trying to replicate in the second grade i during a quiet assignment it was like like specifically like everybody quiet heads down do this assignment. I think it was math. Um, teachers walking around and the, and the, the teacher's aide is walking around and helping everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can remember specifically, I'm doing whatever this is, whatever this schoolwork is. And the, and the, the, the teacher's assistant, the teacher's aide bends over like, like, like over my shoulder to talk to me about what I'm doing and is talking in like a low hush voice. Cause it's quiet work time. And, and that, and it gave me that, that ASMR, that, that Meridian response and like, like the, the tingles up the back. And like, so I can think of like a handful of times in my life where that, where that has happened. It is almost always when somebody is helping me with something. Right. Interesting. Where it's like that thing of like, like like in school doing schoolwork or filling out a form or you know like just just those those sorts of situations so i know that like that's those are the real world situations where i've gotten that response so i know that for me it is it is definitely tied to a psychological uh trigger right so i get it like 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 i totally understand where that's coming from and that's the that's the, the 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 that's the the dragon that I am specifically chasing in trying to figure out like which of these these ASMR videos works for me. Um, I haven't found that like I haven't I as much as I've been able to replicate like a little bit of the tingle, I've never been able to like get that full that full response that I've gotten in those circumstances. So like I and and I think it's it might be, maybe it's my headphones maybe it's it's my environment but whatever. 
Um, I don't think that I'm going to get it from a YouTube video. I think there's a very, there's a, there's a specific human interaction of a person being in your personal space and, uh, right. the, yeah. like that, that's, that that's contributing to that response. But, but like, I can see where if, if you have a trigger that is very much along the lines of somebody telling you specifically that you're doing a good job or like that, you know, like you're, um, like you're worth it <laughs> sort of thing. Right. Uh, they, they, that's exactly what you would be going after. And like, that's, it's honestly, it's not that far off from those affirmations for me. Like, it's like, like that, like that thing that makes me think of it. Right. Isn't right. that far off, but those affirmations, I don't think are having any like actual connection. Um, cause like I said, I like, like, half of what I do is writing. So I'm not listening. (laughs) I'm actually like, I'm in my own head thinking of copy and writing about mining data platforms. Like it's, it couldn't be further from the subject matter of the the ASMR (laughs) videos. But, um, but like for me, like, like I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's just like, that's like, that's not even part of it. I am just like, it's just the sound. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing, and I'm 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 gonna keep like sort of exploring this and and trying to find other other uh, videos and stuff like that that uh, that maybe will will do different triggers. If people out there listening to this are also into ASMR and want to throw me some suggestions, especially after hearing me talk about it at length, and you think you might like have a suggestion for it, like just hit me up on Twitter. Like, like I am totally open to that because I am such a, I, like a noob is like the the vernacular, I guess. That was wa- the word I was going to use too, and I was like, I don't. Know I want to use right, the but word. That's the word I wanted to use. I want to use the word neophyte, but I don't know if that's yeah neophyte, a person who is new to a subject, skill, or belief. Um, yeah, like like I'm. It's it's so um, foreign to me. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's such a, there's such a broad, um, like collection of, of ASMR on the internet. They Google is no help. (laughs) It's like, what kind of ASMR is everything is like, just try a bunch of videos and find what's right for you. But, um, I'm always, I'm always a, a, a fan of, uh, of, of firsthand, uh, recommendations and that sort of thing. So if anybody out there is into it, I mean, I think you should check it out. I think you should, I think you should try and find some videos and, uh, look, Hey, it's not just for boys. There's, there's lots of, there's lots of pretty guys. I, I, there's, there's so much stuff on the internet that I feel like I would, it would be interesting or like thing. Like I have a friend who watches the videos of the, of the women that eat stuff. That they yeah. just, it's just like a video of them, like eating a big plate of pasta or something. Right. And that's, I was kind of like, well, what is it? And they're like, that's what it is. That's it. It's just them eating food. And I'm kind of like, interesting. Like there's <laughs> yeah. just so much, like, there's just like things. I like, would, I'm like, yeah, I would derive probably, no pr- pleasure from that. In right? fact, it would probably just be frustrating because I'd, be like, pro- I'd be like, I want to eat that now. food. <laughs> yeah. I know. I want to eat that food too. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I could, yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into it. But it, it also is like is like weird to me because also as a person, I'm not an aural person. Like like auditory stimulus is not something that I retain nor 
enjoy. So mm. it's it's one of the things that I always talk about is like terrible, but it's one of the things that I like don't really listen to podcasts. Yeah, I was going to say. I have a hard time because I have a hard time like retaining things yeah. that are said to me, right? That, like I that, Yeah. That's actually no, I'll say if people have recommendations of podcasts because with podcasts it's so much harder to figure out like like what are these different podcasts because I put ASMR into into the iTunes like the Apple podcast app and it was just like it's just album art and I was right. just like this doesn't mean anything to me like this right. this 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 does nothing <laughs> at least with the YouTube videos it's like well I can kind of like get a sense of like the vibe right um, of like the the um, the atmosphere they're trying to create because like with some of them it's very much like it's flat lighting it's very like like straightforward i'm gonna rub some things in front of a microphone and then with other ones it's like oh there's like it's more like candles and like sort of a little bit more of like a like an ambiance to it and and then with other ones it's like overtly sexual <laughs> you're just like like you can see the it whole in youtube gamut. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's easier to sort of like gauge okay those ones i don't really i'm not that's not what i'm here for <laughs> i don't need to see them actually in their underwear i uh, that's not that's not the goal here um and then and as well as like with like the like more like like straightforward scientific approach the 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 like the tools like the like crinkling paper like clacking things together that stuff doesn't really do anything for me so i've been like yeah that's not you can kind of tell which videos are going to be like that and you're like okay i'm good i don't need those so but with with a podcast it's much harder because obviously it's just whatever the album art is and then right that's it which is why i try and have our album arts just got like i actually have to update it for 2021 stuff but i i i don't i don't know what's coming out in 2021 i guess i can put wandavision i could put godzilla and kong i put i ghostbusters was on last year <laughs> look how that worked out so right? was wonder woman technically <laughs> wonder woman came out last year i guess technically i yeah. uh mulan also came out last year mandalorian came out. okay i so i did pretty good stuff. There was some stuff. i did pretty there good stuff. considering considering everything that did get pushed i think I, <laughs> I i got about as close as somebody could get um uh but yeah i yeah if anybody's got asmr podcast recommendations hit me up Arkwolf on Twitter, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Nice. Uh, cool. I think that's it. I think that's the episode. We've yeah, been talking for I a think, long time. I think we've talked a lot about different things. Do you add our, like, outro with our, like, um... Yeah. Okay, because I was like, hey, I haven't, like, said my Twitter handle in a long time. Ooh, new plug, new plug. I have a new project that I'm doing, and people should follow my uh, my new company name. Uh, it's at Now is the is our like instagram and twitter and stuff so i'm doing some fun short film things in march um and that's that's the the company that i have with uh with two awesome uh, women in vancouver give us the elevator pitch for the short film you always do this where you go like i'm doing a short film oh, I'm doing and then a you don't tell anybody yeah. what it is yeah it's okay i'm sorry okay it's a science fiction um short film which is like so it's sort of like a sci-fi thriller which i i kind of like um because i love science fiction and i want to just start making more stuff that's just science fiction um but it's uh basically a dead or sorry a lonely widower uploads his dead wife's consciousness into um a biosynthetic replica and uh after a few uh days together she learns the terrifying truth 
and that is that i mean spoilers but uh he killed her yeah. so it's like it's like a <laughs> it's it's basically yeah a, a man uh that brings back his uh his wife uh because he got so used to her doing everything for him and she was trying to learn and grow and he wouldn't let her and anyways it's 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 cool i'm i'm really excited for it um it's very scary to be making films in time of covid but if i'm going to make anything i'm going to make this because it takes place in like one location interior and exterior and only has a couple actors and a really awesome team that I want to support because our director, Luvia Peterson, is fantastic. Some people actually might know her from, she was in, I don't know if people watch Continuum, but um, she was in in Continuum and uh, has been acting in uh, in things for many, many years. Uh, so it's her, one of her transitions over the last few years into directing, and I'm very excited to support the work that she's doing. So, yeah. Awesome. That's, that's it. Cool. That's my short film. I don't have anything to plug. You guys oh. are listening to it, so... Thanks, yeah. I guess, yeah. for listening. It's kind of nice <laughs> this, to have something again because it's been like I didn't have anything last year. So I would say it's it's actually very nice at the moment for this to be the only thing <laughs> that I have going on. <laughs> I'm doing go. a little bit of drawing, but like I don't even have like an ongoing monthly project that I'm doing there. Uh, right. I'm just trying to get used to my new iPad because I got that iPad Pro. So nice. I'm learning Procreate and stuff, but uh, and I'm really liking cool. it, but. You guys know, go follow my art account uh, on Instagram, Archangel Wolf, A-R-K-A-N-G-E-L-W-U-L-F. That's it. That's all I got to say. Excellent. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Next week is, yeah, next week's your week off, right? It is. Yeah, I was going to check with you, but I'm pretty sure. So you guys are going to get, you guys are going to get a double dose of, uh, of Patreon episodes uh, with me because um because january just happened <laughs> it just got away from me i think it's it's because we took we took the the extra time off at the beginning of the month and right. i specifically took time to right. do no podcast for at least two weeks so in the time that i would have done in the gap that i would have done at the beginning of the month i decided not to do a podcast so what you guys will get is um, I'll do an episode at the beginning of February and then another one towards the end of February. Um, which is now that I say it out loud, challenging myself because February is a shorter month, but that's all right. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll just mean that I give Amanda two weeks off or like Ooh. an extra week off or we, a short, it'll be a shorter break or shorter between yeah. anyways. Cool. I thanks everybody for listening. All yeah. I will see you next week. Amanda won't. Stay safe, everyone. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access, ad-free episodes, and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.